every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. AWOD Radio. What up, what up, what up, Richmond? How are we doing today? Ready for some playoff baseball? I'm here at the Diamond ahead of the Flying Squirrels playoff game that can be heard tonight right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So we'll be talking some playoff baseball throughout the show today. Trey Wilson, voice of the Flying Squirrels play-by-play, will hop on the program at 145. Parney will join us at about 115. And then I'm going to have a special guest stop on by, former Major League Baseball pitcher, now the owner of Center of the Universe Brewing. That is Chris Ray. He'll join us. He's coming out to the Diamond, stopping by the show at 2.30. I know they've got a a bunch of things that they've been working on, some new beers at Center of the Universe, so I want to hear about that and talk some playoff baseball with him and the fact that the Squirrels in the playoffs and also his former team, the Baltimore Orioles. So a lot to get to on the show today, as always. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. If you're fired up for some playoff baseball, give me a a call, 833-804-0910. If you're fired up for the Commanders being undefeated, Give me a call, 833-804-0910. But let's catch you up on anything you might have missed around the National Football League. There were two Monday Night Football games last night. We'll recap them now on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on A1 Radio. All right, so I, I hopped on Michael Phillips' show earlier today. He's live and local Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon, MP on the mic. And, Zach, you missed it. I I took a couple shots at your boys. Monday night football, the Panthers did not look good, and there was a play in which Bryce Young lined up behind the guard. Who snaps the football? Not the guard. It's the center. Adam, I'm shocked. (laughs) I'm shocked that you were talking smack on my boys. (laughs) Well, the Panthers are now 0-2 after falling to the New Orleans Saints 20-17 uh, it was a defensive game, and it was a decent game to watch. The problem was the mistakes uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young with a, a lost fumble, also four sacks on the night. Derek Carr made a big mistake, one interception. But I was watching the game with my friend, and he kept pointing out the X Factor, which is the guy that nobody was talking about. They talked about him every single week, week when Sean Payton was the head coach. Well, now Sean Payton's in Denver, but you still have Taysom Hill in New Orleans, and he was an X Factor. I mean, my goodness, nine carries for 75 yards, an average of 8.3 yards per touch. He took over this game. And, you know, there, there's always talk about Taysom Hill, and he's this he's this weird player because he lines up at tight end and fullback and running back and quarterback. But he makes an impact on the National Football League, and he did it last night. He also threw the ball one throw for eight yards as the Saints moved to 2-0 after defeating the Panthers 20 to 17 the other monday night football game was the browns against the steelers zach did you catch any of that game including the nick chubb injury because i vomited in my mouth when i saw that injury i heard you tell phillips that and um you know i can't do that stuff A, a lot of times if i'm watching the game and it happens live i know right away yeah um i'm i've played sports all my life. I've been on the field when I've heard legs and bones and knees pop and uh, guys, you know, scream in anguish. And it's happened to me, too. So it's like 
I can't. I don't have a stomach for it. And like this morning, first thing in the morning, um, Dan, who's new, doesn't know that I don't like that stuff. <laughs> And just immediately is like, hey, look at this. Yeah. And it was Chubb's leg all bent to hell. And I'm like, ah, yeah. like, don't do that to me ever again. I can't uh, handle that stuff. I feel so bad for Chubb. Yeah, don't do that to me either. I, I feel terrible for Chubb. He was having a great game, 10 carries, 64 yards. He was having a great season. I, I mean, the week before, he had a, a ton of great rushes as well. He's such a powerful rusher. And that's why it sucks so much that he got hurt because it was like, you know, it was almost like two Mack trucks colliding Something had to give what gave uh, his left knee. And, uh, I mean, knee dislocated. Every little ligament in the knee destroyed yeah, will have to be repaired. It's a complete blowout, right? It, it, was, it was hard to watch. But then in the second half of that game, Pittsburgh's defense took over. Kenny Pickett offensively, not a good night. 15 of 30, one interception, just 222 yards. Mike Tomlin was a, a coaching masterpiece, though, last night. Masterclass. What he did in the second half of that game, he said, Deshaun Watson's not going to beat me. My offense might not score any points. I'm going to keep punting and punting and punting and pinning Cleveland deep, deep into their own territory. The first time they did that, they went three and out. Cleveland got the ball back. Or Pittsburgh got the ball back. Problem was their offense did nothing. Gave it back to Cleveland. Cleveland gets out of their end zone, but then... David Njoku fumbles. The Steelers get one more opportunity. Oh, no, Kenny Pickett takes a bad sack. They have to punt it deep for the Browns again. And on that one, the Pittsburgh defense not just got a stop, but made the play of the game on a strip sack from Deshaun Watson that was picked up by T.J. Watt and returned for a touchdown. That was the second, the second uh Six points by the defense. They had a pick six of a tip pass in the first quarter and then a, a fumble return for a touchdown in the fourth quarter. The defense puts up 14 points. The offense kicks through, uh, four field goals, and just like that, they win the game. So uh, offense, look, not great for the Steelers right now, but the defense is winning them games. They are now 1-1, one and one, and we mentioned it earlier, there are – Nine undefeated teams in the National Football League. Let's go through them. You have the Philadelphia Eagles. Not much of a surprise there. Uh, a couple easy cupcake games for them to start the season. The offense hasn't gotten going just yet. And it was interesting to hear Donovan McNabb. I don't know why he did this. Maybe he loves controversy. He loves the headlines. He, he revealed that he had a conversation with Jalen Hurts in which Hurts told him he's about 60 or 70% healthy because of that shoulder injury from last season. I don't think that was something that needed to be revealed because now defenses are going to go after Hurts even more, <laughs> right? Uh, Dallas Cowboys, they're 2-0. The defense is the star for the Cowboys. Dak hasn't looked great. Same thing for the 49ers. You know, we talked all offseason about the AFC being filled with great quarterbacks. We didn't give enough credit to the NFC and their dominant defenses. Eagles defense, great. Cowboys defense, great. 49ers defense, great. And the Washington Commanders defense is great as well. Tampa Bay's got a solid defense, but the offense has shocked everyone with Baker Mayfield. They're also 2-0. Saints, good defense. Derek Carr, when they get Alvin Kamara back from the suspension in four weeks, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Atlanta Falcons surprising the world. I did not pick that one at all. They are 2-0. That's a, an unbelievable feel-good story. Bijan Robinson looks like he's worth the first-round draft pick that they spent on him. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, 
the offense is, is a little shaky at times. The defense is dominant. They're 2-0. And then I think it's the best team in football right now, if you ask me. That's the Miami Dolphins in Tua Tagovailoa and the offensive line and the fact that Tyree Kill is open even when he's covered and Jalen Waddle's making plays. And I'm the only idiot on the planet that sat Raheem Moster and he scored 25 points for me in fantasy. The Miami <laughs> Dolphins have playmakers all over the field. Defensively, they're not great, but offensively, they can score 30 points with ease. And uh, so we'll go through. I'll give you my power rankings now for the only undefeated teams in the NFL. And, yeah, I am all in on the Dolphins. They are my top dogs. Second place, I'll go with the 49ers. Ravens, three. Eagles, four. Give me the Cowboys, five. Commanders, six. Bucks, seven. Saints, eight. And the Falcons, nine of the nine undefeated teams in the NFL. There are a few teams that you should be worried about. I think... If you're a Broncos fan, you should be very worried. Uh, you thought Sean Payton and Russell Wilson were growing and that offense was improving. They did not look good second half against the Commanders. Worry level would be at a 9 out of 10 for the Chicago Bears. If you are a Bears fan, burn your Justin Fields jersey. Oof. I don't think he lasts the entire season. I mean, they've got to do something about this. He's running into his offensive lineman. He's throwing lollipop balls that are easily intercepted, and he just does not feel like he's reading the field at all. Uh, definitely should be worried if you are a Giants fan, right? Yes, they beat the Cardinals, but they were outscored 60 to nothing for the first six quarters of the NFL season. Great comeback, but I would be worried if I was a Giants fan. And then the last worry, I'd be worried if I was a Chargers fan. Mm. I think Brandon Staley needs to answer the tough questions, which is, what the hell are you doing at the end of games? How did you not call timeout there? Everyone around the league was staring at their TV calling timeout. I watched the game at Wood and Iron with about 30 fans standing up. They were all doing the timeout signal. It was the funniest thing ever. Nope, Chargers just went hurry up offense and let 21 seconds run off the clock, and then they lose in overtime. Wow. So I would definitely be worried if I was a Chargers fan. Here's the thing. is So the Athletic ranked all the teams that they're worried about. And they put the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs on this list. I don't think you can put them on the list because when I when I talk about teams that I'm worried about now, I'm talking about fan bases that are, like, freaking out that the season might be over. Like the Giants, right, who at halftime literally thought their season was crushed when they were down by 20 to the lousy Arizona Cardinals. I think the Bills will respond from this bad start. Josh Allen will improve. He's not as bad as he has played. The Bengals... You know, the worry level there, I don't think it's the play on the field as much as it is Joe Burrow's calf. There's a question if he's even going to be healthy to play this Sunday. And then with the Chiefs, look, I knew that there was going to be a difference offensively without Eric Bieniemy in the building. I don't think the Chiefs fan base realized that kind of difference. The offense is not scoring like they did last season, but they'll turn it around. I mean, the Chiefs will be back in the AFC Championship game. You can lock that in right now here on September 19th. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So we got a lot still to come on the show today. Like I mentioned, phone lines are open. If you're coming out to the Diamond for the playoff game tonight, I want to hear from you. 833-804-0910. If you're fired up for the Commander's 2-0 start for the first time in two since 2011, call AWOD, 833-804-0910. 0910 we've got the richmond commander 
coming up next. The question of the day on the Richmond Commander. You can hit me up on social media at 910thefan at AWOD Radio. Can Washington keep scoring 30-plus points? Or was that an anomaly? Was it just a luck of playing in Denver with mile high and the fact that the defense made a few plays and that the offense figured things out with Sam Howell? Was that luck? Or can they keep scoring 30-plus points? I'll give you my answer after this quick commercial break. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Adam Epstein, AWOD Radio, every weekday at noon on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Broadcasting live from the Diamond ahead of the Squirrels playoff baseball game tonight. Every Richmond Flying Squirrels game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. I'm here from the broadcast booth and I'm looking out on the field. They're, they're watering the grass right now. Uh, I mean, it just looks beautiful. It, it is fun doing this show from the Diamond. I, I did it uh, for the season opener. A few games last year and then last year's playoff game that I went to. And I'm just having flashbacks to last year right now because this place was freaking crowded and it was loud. And I had so much fun at the playoff game. And look, the results didn't go in in the squirrels way, but we're hoping for a different story this year. And honestly, this could be the season for the squirrels because they have a great combination of pitching and batting. And they have turned it around as of late. Last year, they got into the postseason by winning the first half of the minor league schedule. And then for three months, we were prepping for the playoffs. It was all the talk in town. It was sold out. Well, this year, slower start, hot finish, as hot as you can get. They win the second half title of the Eastern League. They're hosting the first game of the three-game playoff series, and there are tickets still available. So if you're driving around Richmond and you're listening in right now, you got no plans for a Tuesday night, come on down to the diamond but right now phone lines are open 833-804-0910 833-804-0910 the question of the day is can washington keep scoring 30 plus points as we break down the commander's 2-0 record on the richmond commander it's time for the richmond commander are you ready for some- the phones are open it's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. Phone lines are open. Love to hear from you. 833-804-0910. The fan base is fired up. I know all my friends are texting me. We got a group chat going. People are going to the Bills game. They're talking about going to divisional games later this season. I mean, that's all it takes. Two weeks, two wins, and the Commanders are 2-0 for the first time since 2011. What's the reason for that? I believe it is the offensive coordinator, the assistant head coach, Eric Bieniemy. Ron Rivera, my offseason MVP, by realizing that Scott Turner was holding this team back last year. Instead of Rivera being fired, Scott Turner fell on the sword. Ron Rivera took his time, took his sweet time this offseason. A lot of people didn't like that. He was waiting for the playoffs to end because he had his man. He had him circled. Eric Bieniemy. Brought him into Washington, negotiated for a few days, locked him in as the new OC. He got a pay raise and a better title to come to D.C. Headline, the Eric Bieniemy narrative has been shattered with the Washington Commanders. Only two games into the season, 
the commander's new offensive coordinator, is already on a roll. Look, you guys know when I do this show, I absolutely hate national stories on the commanders because I believe those guys don't really know what's going on in the building, right? Guys like Michael Phillips, like myself, Matthew Paris, Craig Hoffman, Chris Russell, guys that are local, we have a better understanding of what's going on. But when a national outlet hypes up the commanders, I can actually get on board of this, all right? So here's uh, Anscape. They say the Washington Commanders already have something good cooking. And offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is on a roll. Butter me up, we're on a roll. It's definitely not too soon to focus on Bieniemy's impact, both on Washington's offense and the team overall, which improved to 2-0 after rallying from an, an impressive 35-33 victory after being down by 18 on the road against the Broncos. He was hired by head coach Ron Rivera to energize the club's lethargic offense and truly empowered by Rivera to make changes he deemed necessary in that effort. The enemy revamped the commander's approach and ruffled a whole lot of feathers in the process. And that's why, look, I'll tell you this, nobody is complaining about the enemy being too demanding right now when this team is 2-0. Oh no, Coach EB is making me run extra sprints. Oh no, Coach EB is making me run the play again and again and again until I get it right. Those guys complaining, they're not on the roster anymore. Those were sixth and seventh round draft picks, practice squad guys. Anybody that was complaining, that was a mistake because Washington is winning games and looking sharp on offense simply because of the extra work that they put in this offseason with Eric Bieniemy demanding perfection. Here's more from Jason Reed on Anscape. He says the hard-changing former NFL running back Eric Bieniemy dissembled a hot mess of an offense and rebuilt it on a foundation of the core principles he believes in most as a coach, which are effort, give me a ding, effort, precision, and accountability. Bieniemy is producing big-time results while working with a 23-year-old quarterback who only made one start last season. It is a drastic change. Difference offensive coordinators between Scott Turner and Eric Bieniemy. So much so that team president Jason Wright had this to say. Quote, the biggest single, the single biggest accelerant to the culture change Ron brought in to do was Eric Bieniemy. That is a big statement. Think about that. That's a big statement. But is he wrong? Is he wrong? Right, Ron Rivera was brought in to change the culture. And I'll give him his flowers for that, all right? He changed a franchise that was having off-the-field drama and embarrassing stories about Jay Gruden hanging out with girls at a bar till 3 a.m. the night before a game. All that hoopla, all right? Rivera came in right when the team was told they have to change their name. Right when the team was being destroyed by the Washington Post for sexual harassment allegations with the cheerleaders. All this stuff going on with Dan Snyder. Rivera was brought in to change that culture. And he had done that, all right? But he didn't change the product on the field. Rivera had this team at one and two, and then one and three, and then one and four in his first few years in charge of this franchise. The one season they get off to a fast start for the first time since 2011, the team's 2-0? and oh? Yeah, I'd say that's the Coach Eric Bieniemy factor. It simply has to be. Bienemy quickly identified areas in which players could step up a bit, says Anscape. An old school drill sergeant, Bienemy isn't in this 
for participation trophies. This is the NFL. The enemy is all about winning, and the players in his charge will be so as well. I just love how he was able to identify ways to attack the Denver offense. It is so refreshing to watch Coach Eric Bieniemy compared to last season with Scott Turner. All right, Eric Bieniemy risks it. He risks it. He goes for it. You know, when most offensive coordinators that we've had in Washington, not just Scott Turner, but go back the last 10 or 15 years, they would sit on it. You know, I've watched this team time after time after time get the ball back with 40 seconds on the clock in the second quarter, and they said, you know what? We're down by 18. Let's just rest on it. Oh, we're down by two. Let's just go into half. Oh, we're up by one. Let's be happy that we have a lead. That's not the Eric Bieniemy style. He risks it, all right? And in the second quarter and through the fourth quarter, Washington's offense had some serious rhythm. It seems like... Eric Bieniemy had the answer to everything Denver's defense wanted to do. Oh, Denver's going to rush. The enemy calls a screen. Oh, Denver drops back. The enemy calls a run. You heard Chris Russell earlier. They ran the ball. They ran a screen three times to the running back for an average of 30 yards. That is unbelievable. That is something that Andy Reid has done to perfection for years. His mentor, Andy Reid. Now Bieniemy comes to Washington and he's dialing it up like it's never been dialed up before. It's almost like he was playing Madden and he could see the Denver play call on his screen. I mean, Sam went, Sam Howell went from a quarter full of mistakes and sacks and missed opportunities to whipping the ball around the field, an 18-point comeback, 299 yards, two touchdown passes, including the most impressive one where he threw it up to Terry McLaurin and said, go get it. Are you surprised by this? Are you surprised that Eric Bieniemy is this good? I'm not at all. He was Andy Reid's top lieutenant on an offense with the Chiefs that won five consecutive AFC West division titles and hosted five consecutive AFC championship games. And oh yeah, played in three Super Bowls, winning two of them and helping Patrick Mahomes at 28 become an all-time great in this sport. I am not shocked at all that Eric Bieniemy is making this big of an impact and he needs to get his credit. He needs to get the credit. Yes, Ron Rivera has done a great job. Yes, Josh Harris should uh, get some credit as well for enhancing the fan experience and making uh, FedEx Field a home field advantage once again. But this team would not have come back from 18 points on the road without Eric Bieniemy, without his play calling, without his energy on the sidelines, not giving up on people, firing people up. It is fun to watch. Commanders fans, if you were wondering what hope looks like, this is hope. Being 2-0, being 2-0, winning a road game, a franchise that for years has struggled to start the season, is 2-0 for the first time since 2011. And Michael Phillips last week talked him into talked himself into a victory over the Broncos throughout the week. I think I'm going to talk myself into a victory this weekend at home against the Buffalo Bills. That offense has struggled. They've made mistakes. Our defense has capitalized on mistakes. I think we're going to force some turnovers, and I would not be shocked at all if the Commanders advance to 3-0, defeating the Buffalo Bills at home. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Uh, last thing I wanted to get to on the Richmond Commander was this article from the Washington Post, Jerry Brewer. Listen to this quote. I love this. All right, speaking of the, the change of ownership, he says, 
this franchise, in his 24 se seasons of shoveling dirt on this franchise, Dan Snyder never missed a tackle. Dan Snyder never threw an interception or made a horrible coaching decision. It just seemed like he did. <laughs> As the team failed to sustain anything commendable for a long time, the debate centered on the impact of bad ownership. Couldn't a great general manager amass the talent to overcome the problem? Couldn't the right coach sustain winning? Couldn't the right franchise quarterback make a difference? In hindsight, there was never any hope for change. Just the illusion of it. The embarrassment persisted. There was no shelter from the dark cloud. The negativity of, the of failure after failure, controversy after controversy, made it impossible to cultivate belief. But now that Dan Snyder is gone, there is belief once again here in Richmond, there in Washington, in Landover, Maryland, all over the DMV, there is belief in this football team once again. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Adam Epstein, AWOD Radio, every weekday at noon on Sports Radio 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. I'm broadcasting live from the Diamond ahead of the Squirrels playoff baseball game tonight. Every Richmond Flying Squirrels game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. I'm here from the broadcast booth, and I'm looking out on the field. They're, they're watering the grass right now. Uh, I mean, it just looks beautiful. It, it is fun doing this show from the Diamond. I, I did it uh, for the season opener. A few games last year and then last year's playoff game that I went to. And I, I'm just having flashbacks to last year right now because this place was freaking crowded. And it was loud. And I had so much fun at the playoff game. And look, the results didn't go in, in the squirrel's way. But we're hoping for a different story this year. And honestly, this could be the season for the squirrels because they have a great combination of pitching and batting. And they have turned it around as of late. Last year, they got into the postseason by winning the first half of the minor league schedule. And then for three months, we were prepping for the playoffs. It was all the talk in town. It was sold out. Well, this year, slower start, hot finish, as hot as you can get. They win the second half title of the Eastern League. They're hosting the first game of the three-game playoff series, and there are tickets still available. So if you're driving around Richmond and you're listening in right now, you got no plans for a Tuesday night, come on down to the diamond. But right now, phone lines are open 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. The question of the day is, can Washington keep scoring 30-plus points? As we break down the Commander's 2-0 record on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. Phone lines are open. Love to hear from you. 833-804-0910. The fan base is fired up. I know all my friends are texting me. We got a group chat going. People are going to the Bills game. They're talking about going to divisional games later this season. I mean, that's all it takes. Two weeks, two wins, and the Commanders are 2-0 for the first time since 2011. What's the reason for that? I believe it is the offensive coordinator, the assistant head coach, 
Eric Bieniemy. Ron Rivera, my offseason MVP, by realizing that Scott Turner was holding this team back last year. Instead of Rivera being fired, Scott Turner fell on the sword. Ron Rivera took his time, took his sweet time this offseason. A lot of people didn't like that. He was waiting for the playoffs to end because he had his man. He had him circled. Eric Bieniemy brought him into Washington, negotiated for a few days, locked him in as the new OC. He got a pay raise and a better title to come to D.C. Headline, the Eric Bieniemy narrative has been shattered with the Washington Commanders. Only two games into the season, the Commanders' new offensive coordinator is already on a roll. Look, you guys know when I do this show, I absolutely hate national stories on the Commanders because I believe those guys don't really know what's going on in the building, right? Guys like Michael Phillips, like myself, Matthew Paris, Craig Hoffman, Chris Russell, guys that are local, we have a better understanding of what's going on. But when a national outlet hypes up the Commanders, I can actually get on board of this, all right? So here's uh, Anscape. They say the Washington Commanders already have something good cooking. And offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is on a roll. Butter me up, we're on a roll. It's definitely not too soon to focus on Bieniemy's impact, both on Washington's offense and the team overall, which improved to 2-0 after rallying from in an impressive 35-33 victory after being down by 18 on the road against the Broncos. He was hired by head coach Ron Rivera to energize the club's lethargic offense and truly empowered by Rivera to make changes he deemed necessary in that effort. The enemy revamped the commander's approach and ruffled a whole lot of feathers in the process. And that's why, look, I'll tell you this, nobody is complaining about the enemy being too demanding right now when this team is 2-0. and Oh no, Coach EB is making me run extra sprints. Oh no, Coach EB is making me run the play again and again and again until I get it right. Those guys complaining, they're not on the roster anymore. Those were 6th and 7th round draft picks, practice squad guys. Anybody that was complaining, that was a mistake. Because Washington is winning games and looking sharp on offense simply because of the extra work that they put in this offseason with Eric Bieniemy demanding perfection. Here's more from Jason Reed on Anscape. He says the hard-changing former NFL running back Eric Bieniemy dissembled a hot mess of an offense and rebuilt it on a foundation of the core principles he believes in most as a coach, which are effort, give me a ding, effort, precision, and accountability. Bieniemy is producing big-time results while working with a 23-year-old quarterback who only made one start last season. It is a drastic change. Difference offensive coordinators between Scott Turner and Eric Bieniemy. So much so that team president Jason Wright had this to say. Quote, the biggest single, the single biggest accelerant to the culture change Ron brought in to do was Eric Bieniemy. That is a big statement. Think about that. That's a big statement. But is he wrong? Is he wrong? Right, Ron Rivera was brought in to change the culture. And I'll give him his flowers for that. All right. He changed a franchise that was having off the field drama and embarrassing stories about Jay Gruden hanging out with girls at a bar till 3 a.m. the night before a game. All that hoopla. All right. Rivera came in right when the team was told they have to change their name. Right when the team was being destroyed by the Washington Post for sexual harassment allegations with the cheerleaders 
all this stuff going on with Dan Snyder, Rivera was brought in to change that culture. And he had done that, all right? But he didn't change the product on the field. Rivera had this team at one and two, and then one and three, and then one and four in his first few years in charge of this franchise. The one season they get off to a fast start for the first time since 2011, the team's 2-0? and Yeah, I'd say that's the Coach Eric Bieniemy factor. It simply has to be. Bieniemy quickly identified areas in which players could step up a bit, says Anscape. An old-school drill sergeant, Bieniemy isn't in this for participation trophies. This is the NFL. Bieniemy is all about winning, and the players in his charge will be so as well. I just love how he was able to identify ways to attack the Denver offense. It is so refreshing to watch Coach Eric Bieniemy compared to last season with Scott Turner. All right, Eric Bieniemy risks it. He risks it. He goes for it. You know, when most offensive coordinators that we've had in Washington, not just Scott Turner, but go back the last 10 or 15 years, they would sit on it. You know, I've watched this team time after time after time get the ball back with 40 seconds on the clock in the second quarter, and they said, you know what? We're down by 18. Let's just rest on it. Oh, we're down by two. Let's just go into half. Oh, we're up by one. Let's be happy that we have a lead. That's not the Eric Bieniemy style. He risks it, all right? And in the second quarter and through the fourth quarter, Washington's offense had some serious rhythm. It seems like Eric Bieniemy had the answer to everything Denver's defense wanted to do. Oh, Denver's going to rush. Bieniemy calls a screen. Oh, Denver drops back. Bieniemy calls a run. You heard Chris Russell earlier. They ran the ball. They ran a screen three times to the running back for an average of 30 yards. That is unbelievable. That is something that Andy Reid has done to perfection for years. His mentor, Andy Reid. Now Bieniemy comes to Washington and he's dialing it up like it's never been dialed up before. It's almost like he was playing Madden and he could see the Denver play call on his screen. I mean, Sam went, Sam Howell went from a quarter full of mistakes and sacks and missed opportunities to whipping the ball around the field, an 18-point comeback, 299 yards, two touchdown passes, including the most impressive one where he threw it up to Terry McLaurin and said, go get it. Are you surprised by this? <coughs> Are you surprised that Eric Bieniemy is this good? I'm not at all. He was Aaron D. Reed's top lieutenant on an offense with the Chiefs that won five consecutive AFC West division titles and hosted five consecutive AFC championship games. And oh yeah, played in three Super Bowls, winning two of them. And helping Patrick Mahomes at 28 become an all-time great in this sport. I am not shocked at all that Eric Bieniemy is making this big of an impact and he needs to get his credit. He needs to get the credit. Yes, Ron Rivera has done a great job. Yes, Josh Harris should uh, get some credit as well for enhancing the fan experience and making uh, FedEx Field a home field advantage once again. But this team would not have come back from 18 points on the road without Eric Bieniemy, without his play calling, without his energy on the sidelines, not giving up on people, firing people up. It is fun to watch. Commanders fans, if you were wondering what hope looks like, this is hope. Being 2-0, being 2-0, winning a road game, a franchise that for years has struggled to start the season is 2-0 for the first time since 2011. And Michael Phillips last week talked him into talked himself into a victory over the Broncos throughout the week. I think I'm going to talk myself into a victory this weekend 
at home against the Buffalo Bills. That offense has struggled. They've made mistakes. Our defense has capitalized on mistakes. I think we're going to force some turnovers, and I would not be shocked at all if the Commanders advance to 3-0, defeating the Buffalo Bills at home. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. Last thing I wanted to get to on the Richmond Commander was this article from the Washington Post, Jerry Brewer. Listen to this quote. I love this. All right. Speaking of the, the change of ownership, he says, this franchise, in his 24 se- seasons of shoveling dirt on this franchise, Dan Snyder never missed a tackle. Dan Snyder never threw an interception or made a horrible coaching decision. It just seemed like he did. <laughs> As the team failed to sustain anything commendable for a long time, the debate centered on the impact of bad ownership. Couldn't a great general manager amass the talent to overcome the problem? Couldn't the right coach sustain winning? Couldn't the right franchise quarterback make a difference? In hindsight, there was never any hope for change. Just the illusion of it. The embarrassment persisted. There was no shelter from the dark cloud. The negativity of of failure after failure, controversy after controversy, made it impossible to cultivate belief. But now that Dan Snyder is gone... There is belief once again here in Richmond, there in Washington, in Landover, Maryland, all over the DMV. There is belief in this football team once again. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from the diamond ahead of tonight's playoff baseball game. And, Zach, I'll tell you, I'm seeing the entire squad on the field right now. Uh, They're doing some long tossing, getting stretched out. Everyone's in their kind of warm-up uniforms here. Of course, they're they're, they're awesome red flying squirrel shorts and the T-shirts, and everyone's got their hats on here. And uh, I just love to watch them warm up here. A couple of them are actually throwing a football, like looking like they're getting ready for Tuesday night football here at the Diamond. And so whatever you got to do to get your body warmed up and ready to play baseball, I'm all in for it. I am fired up. We've had a great day today of shows broadcasting live from the Diamond. I joined MP on the mic for a segment. He's live and local from 10 to noon, where he had Trey, Blaine, and Parney. I've had Trey, Blaine, and Parney. And tonight, the Richmond Flying Squirrels host Game 1 of the Eastern Division Championship against the Erie Seawolves, the AA affiliate of the Detroit Tigers. So this is the Southwest Division Series at the Diamond, best of three series. And look, this is a Squirrels team that went 46-29 and in their final 76 games. The best record in the league during that span. They started their season turnaround on June 18th when we talked to Trey Wilson about this. Heading into that final week of the season for the first half, they needed that series. They were able to go 14-2 over a 16-game stretch through July 6th and never fell below second place in the second half, and they claimed the second-half division title. For Richmond tonight, it is going to be Carson Seymour, on the mound in game one this season he ranked eighth in the eastern league 
in the e- with a 3.99 ERA, and um, he's just a, a big, strong pitcher after posting five Ks in his first 14 appearances or more. He posted 12 and a half Ks in 14 second half outings, and it's going to be a good one at the Diamond tonight. Squirrels against the Erie Seawolves. And, Zach, if we're just talking about a battle of the mascots here, yeah. I mean, the Flying Squirrels destroy the Seawolves. I mean, I would love to see Nutsy go squared up with a Seawolf. What the hell is a Seawolf anyway? I don't you know. know. That's kind of a made-up thing, just like uh, the Flying Squirrels, but that just means we have a better uh, CEO. Than, well, than eerie, obviously. Well, also a flying squirrel makes sense when you see a squirrel, you know, jump from a tree and he lands gracefully. You're like, man, that squirrel is flying. <laughs> I've never seen a wolf underwater, and I know for a fact that that uh, wolves are not going to swim well. You know, they're not dogs. Dogs could swim well. They should be the they should be the sea dogs. That's much better than sea wolves. Yeah, but it's still it doesn't even come close. Like no. Party was saying, I, I I'm so excited uh, for the city. I'm so excited for Parney. I, I don't want to jinx anything, of course, Adam, you know, mm-hmm. but like there's so many for a double A ball game, playoff game, there's so many juicy storylines, right? Like Parney's stepping back after this year, still closely involved, but, you know, in the day to day, stepping back, you've got um, uh, a huge pitching matchup. The team has been on fire. Uh, great pitcher taking the mound tonight, throws absolute gas, but yeah. they've also just been on fire with the bats like they're just jacking the ball left and right out of the stadium it doesn't matter where they play the bats have been on fire it's pelf's birthday today <laughs> like there's there's a lot of juicy storylines but most of all it's just how romantic the city has been with this team and how people feel about uh, parney and the organization and just yeah. great family fun season after season i think it would just be so fitting for them to take the crown again i don't even like to say that let alone broadcast it, but it's you can't ignore it. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, there's so many great storylines, like you mentioned, and the difference from last year was the team was hot to start the year, and then, like typical minor league baseball, the Giants stole their best players. Well, this year, they got hot in the second half of the season. They're hot at the plate. They, they've got a hot pitcher, and I want to go back to the opponent for a second, the Erie Seawolves. Like, who the hell enjoys a night in Erie, Pennsylvania. I mean, it's just a terrible place to live. That's they're probably so happy that they're going to be coming to Richmond. And I'm looking at their logo. It is so lame. I mean, we got the Flying Squirrels. This is one of the greatest logos in the history of sports. The Erie Seawolf, they're doing like a pirate thing, and they've got one eye covered like he, like he's wearing it. I mean, it makes no sense. I, I do not understand anything about the Erie Seawolves. I don't understand their logo. I don't understand how they came up with this name. And I want to kick their ass tonight, Zach. <laughs> I mean, do the yard goats make sense, too? Like, why are they in Hartford? What, is, yeah. what does that you know have what? to do with anything? We'll, we'll get into them next week. But right now, we're focusing in on the dumb, eerie sea wolves. Yes. And their wolf, he's like eating bats in the logo like like who wants to put their mouth on a dirty bat like that it just doesn't make any sense yeah. nutsy's going around high five babies signing autographs yeah. we got nutsy and we got natasha yeah. you know i don't see a i don't see a backup mascot here for the sea wolves they they can only afford one guy and you know what he doesn't travel with the team i'm just waiting I'm just waiting for their 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 play-by-play guys to come here so I can start making fun of them. They're probably overweight with double chins and losing their hair. 
right? We've got Trey Wilson. That's a gorgeous man. He's a big guy. And Blaine McCormick, one of, you know, one of the best smiles in baseball. I mean, we could take their play-by-play guys on two and two in basketball, baseball, or football, and I guarantee you it'd be a victory. And then if you want to take a step back and say, hey, how about we have the CEOs go head-to-head? You know, uh, I'm taking Barney every day of the week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> dude, I, it's like the game is about to start. You're so fired up and ready to go with this. I know, I know. Is, we are gotta... there any monitors in the ballpark? Because I, uh, you might want to watch out on your way out of the press box. <laughs> well, they're officially taking some swings now at the plate. I'm waving to them from the broadcast booth. I, I, I've been making some noise here. I, I think they're hearing me. Yeah. So we're fired up. It's, uh, it's Grant and Danny, though, coming up next. They'll get you covered over the next uh, few hours here with a bunch of commanders talk going around the NFL and recapping the Monday night football matchups before they send it back to Blaine McCormick at 6.05 for the pregame show. And then it's Trey and Blaine for the call tonight. Did and I hear that tickets are 10 bucks, like yeah. as low as 10 bucks for tonight's game? Tickets are $10, general admission, still available. Right. I'm going home, I'm gonna walk home back to Scott's Edition. I'm gonna grab about seven or eight of my closest friends and we're gonna be at the game tonight. I mean, it's gonna be rocking, it's gonna be electric. I cannot wait for the playoff baseball game tonight. This is this is Richmond's team. This is yeah. Richmond's team. They Let's own do the it. summer. Let's yep. close it out, boys. Yep. It's Grand Danny coming up next. I say goodbye by saying, have fun, go nuts.